listening to Adjective New Music's podcast, Lexical Tones. I'm your host, Rob McClure. Human. Electronic. Organic. Alex Dowling is an Irish composer and producer based in Brooklyn, New York. His current work involves repurposing autotune and other vocal effects to create strange and otherworldly extensions of the voice. Recent projects include a collaboration with director Blanca Ziska and visual artist Rosa Barba for the show There at the Philadelphia Fringe Festival. He has written music for orchestra, chamber ensemble, theater, and laptop orchestra, and his audiovisual installation Body Snatcher was exhibited at the iBeam Gallery in New York and toured many other countries. His latest album of electronic vocal works, Reality Rounds, was released in January 2020 on Carrier Records. Well, good to meet you, man. Hey, you too. So uh, I reached out because uh, initially because I saw on uh, Emma O'Halloran's Instagram account, she had posted like a one second clip uh, from <laughs> the King of Thumbs uh, movement from your piece Reality Rounds, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. And I mean, I, you know, I was just in my bedroom, just kind of scrolling on Instagram and I sat on the edge of my bed and I watched that one minute clip probably five or six times. I was, (laughs) I was just completely mesmerized. So, so, so it's, uh, you know, it's good to talk to you. Good to meet you. So we'll be listening to, um, some different, uh, sections of that piece today. And the piece is called reality rounds and it's for, uh, it's for four, uh singers and also synthesizer so why don't you kind of tell us about the piece as a whole you know where did where did this piece come from where does the title rea- what does the title reality rounds mean yeah um well the whole kind of idea started way back i think in like 2013 where i did i did a couple of like really short pieces for this kind of setup so like four kind of electronically manipulated voices mm-hmm. um and it was just kind of like a really pretty short thing but it, it sort of just stayed with me like I, I didn't do anything again for years but maybe about two years ago I kind of came back to it and I was like you know there was something to this idea of these like this sort of electronic acapella vocal thing um and so I started yeah working on it more about starting about a couple of years ago and yeah I just kind of like so so yeah, one side of it is just like kind of diving in deep with like what can you do with the voice and electronics. Um, and so I did a lot of stuff actually without any words or anything. So there was no like text or like mm-hmm. mean, meaning behind it all. Um, and then it was actually only about maybe a year or so ago when I was doing this piece that I started to try and have like more of like a concept or something behind it. Um and so, uh, yeah, it's, there's a bit to it. I mean, I, I was, I was reading this book called, uh, Homo Deus. I don't even know if by this guy, um, Yuval Noah Harari, he's, mm-hmm. um, he's kind of like a historian philosopher. Um, and he writes a lot about like, like possible futures for mankind, like this sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, in in that book, he's sort of looking at like sort of the future of humanity, and he was talking a lot about um, 
by how algorithms sort of they follow you around and they sort of almost know you better than you know yourself. Right. Like, um, like how you can not be searching for anything on Google, just be near your phone, but be talking about some ridiculous product. And then you look on Amazon uh, 15 minutes later and it's like your first recommendation. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and, and, and kind of like even further than that, almost where it's like they, um, they sort of know, know what you want before you even know it. Yeah. You know? yeah. I noticed this on like YouTube. I, I go in. The, right. Nowadays, and it's like they know that I want to look at some like synth tutorial like before <laughs> before I know it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so he was going like really far with that where he was like to the point where like they know you so well that like you don't, you don't make any decisions anymore. You, you sort of just hand that over to algorithms yeah um and but the, i don't know the bit i liked he, he was talking about like there's a parallel with religions and how there's um in sort of more classical sort of religions you'd have a all-seeing god that knows where you are knows about what you're thinking knows cares about your feelings and all this kind of thing and that that is sort of the um algorithms are sort of taking over that sort of um, space and he and he was sort of envisaging this sort of future religion of dataism or dataism mm -hmm. I guess as Americans would say and yeah. uh, it, where there's sort of all your I guess to some extent like all your sort of autonomy is handed over to these algorithms and you sort of pray to this sort of flow of data mm -hmm. um, so yeah that was kind of like the jumping off point so I just was a the whole piece then became about like this sort of kind of ritual, like imagined like future ritual. I was sort of thinking of like Stimmung as well, you know, that Stockhausen. Right, Stockhausen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, so something like that, like a cross between those sort of worlds. And so that's, that's like kind of the concept of the piece. It's kind of a theatrical um, piece. So like, when we do it live, like we, you come out as though it's like this ritual and you're like sitting in a circle on the, on the floor and yeah. this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, so yeah, that's, that's the concept reality rounds. That was just one of the, one of the pieces in it is that, and it's literally like, like rounds, um, but like kind of a row, row, row your boat round that like, type of thing. Yeah. But it's like, it's like rounds in, in the sense of, the text so like the, where they're not they're not repeating melodies but like so like one person will say like you know the reality of the situation is like like looped and then and at it, the end yeah. of the line the next person says that and they've moved on to the next bit of text and, mm, and, and so on so, okay. so they're all singing on top of each other but like di different text but being sort of repeated yeah so the, um, you're, you're mentioning that text and how, you know, you kind of started off with, without using text at all and then kind of brought it around to using text. So the text that is in the piece, where is that coming from? Um, it's just stuff I kind of made up, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. So it's coming from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I like writing songs and stuff. So I don't normally set, I just like write stuff myself. Mm -hmm. um, so for this there's not really that much text in it in the whole thing, but um, I was taking stuff from social media as well. So there's kind of the idea of 
like particularly in that one where they're repeating these lines that these are like sort of almost tweet like fragments sort of yeah coming in um, can you so you were you were talking earlier about you know working with uh, voices and electronics so in this piece uh, in particular you know can you tell us about some of the vocal manipulations uh, that you're doing like what are you using um yeah there's loads of different um any like particular one or sort of well you're uh, you're definitely using autotune right yeah so I, I use autotune um sometimes just like kind of norm like just as you would expect um I've, I've managed to get a lot out of just like really simple things like for example they have a controller in there well, i could talk about that so in a bit but like they have these little controllers they're holding and um you can turn off autotune but you just by just by pressing a button like autotune is just switched off uh-huh. and, and you can actually get a lot out of that because it's like you're singing you're singing with it and you're sort of hard tuned. And then if you switch it off for a second, you can just like gliss or have a little bit of vibrato and then you switch it back on again. And so it's just that like little bit of humanness in there. That's yeah. Actually surprisingly so, effective. So they're, they're holding on to the, each of the four singers are holding onto controllers that can kind of do that. Like how, how's that? Are, is, are you just, you know, running it through like phones or something or what's the controller? Um, I, I'd looked up different controllers, like, so yeah, way back when I first did it, I, I, I had like, my idea was like the controller should be in the microphone. That was like my, my yeah. big, big idea then. And like, so I, I had a mic and then I like stuck, did I have it on? I basically had like, you know, these Arduinos, Yeah, yeah. you know, like stuck, I think it was stuck on it and, and like buttons on that so it was like this kind of crazy microphone with you know buttons sticking off it and, and like a usb running with the xlr cable yeah uh-huh. um so that was my like initial way of doing it which i thought was great but then as it went on i was like why do i i was like who cares if it's on the mic or not right <laughs> you know like it, it, i just like get away from that idea so then I, I i was like well if they just had it in the other hand I just need to find a tiny controller. So I just, I found like the smallest Bluetooth controller I could. Okay. And it's like this tiny video game thing. It's like, it's for people on the train. If they want to play, you know, like Mario Kart on their, <laughs> on their phone. Yeah. Right. But they yeah. don't, but they like the, the feeling of a classic game controller. So okay. it looks, it looks like a typical little, uh like a like a super nintendo game controller okay yeah but it's tiny like it fits in the palm of your hand so that you can't really see it you know um yeah okay when when they're on stage so yeah so i set that up and it took a bit of kind of hacking like messing with things to be able to make it work but it it worked like pretty well it's um i like so yeah it's just just like a bluetooth thing and and there was a bunch of buttons on it so i just set them to be like so like one is like I was saying, just turn auto tune off. So that that became sort of like your your gliss vibrato button, mm-hmm. and then one button is like delay. So if you just press that, you, suddenly you get delay on your voice, and then you let go, and it, it's gone again. Um, and then there was ones for like tunings in particular. So like because that's the other thing with the auto tune is, um, 
sometimes it's just normal tuning and other times they're more like specific more unusual kind of tunings um, yeah yeah i was going to ask you about that because i mean especially in the um in the king of limb or uh, sorry the king of thumbs movement <laughs> i went to king of limbs because of the uh, radiohead radiohead yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the king of thumbs movement um there is a it seems like there's a very clear tuning system where you're involving microtones into this where i can see without electronics this would be you know this it would not be easy to sing because of the tuning system so it seems like autotune is really enabling you to explore those microtonal uh, sorry microtonal textures and microtonal tuning systems so did you you know did you have basically just kind of one tuning system that you were going in and out of or were there multiple different uh tuning systems or what was going on there um i i was thinking about that earlier i actually can't i'm not totally sure what i don't know about like if i was using a tuning system um sometimes i've gotten more look out of not having an overarching system but more like note to note relationships yeah. you know mm -hmm. what i mean so uh yeah i think i was doing something more like that so i don't have it wasn't like a clear like just or something like right. setup um but but yeah it, it it worked pretty well on that one like uh because I think it'd be impossible to sing that. Like it's so it's so specific. It, it would be really like, hard. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know how anyone would. Because some. Because like on it, it's like, um, I think it's like a F. They sing like a F sharp. That's like a tiny bit sharp or something. And then then an F sharp that's like fair bit flat. Uh -huh. One after another. So like I don't know how you would do that other than with uh, yeah. the electronics. Um, so yeah, so it was it was good for that. You have to be it gets a bit kind of hacky to do those kind of things. Like you can set up autotune to do like like a like a yeah, like a just intonation. They have like a few preset ones they can do. Uh -huh. Um but then to do it like this, you basically have to hard code every note so that it's not a scale, it's like it's like a note. Like they they can't sing any other note. Like when they hold that down, they're only capable of making that pitch. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So it's like thinking of it like a, like a mono synth as opposed to polyphonic. Like you can't, they're not like gliding around or, or at least that's how I kind of think of it. It's, it's more like, you know, you can only be one note or the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you do this in a live situation, is basically you're we are hearing everything coming out of the speakers there's no like real acoustic sound that we should be hearing for this piece right yeah you never want to hear the acoustics <laughs> that's <the> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've done this before in like smaller the smaller the space kind of the worse it is i always wanted them to be like we try to be like closer to the back of the stage and then the audience like a decent bit away yeah with speakers in front is yeah it's not the kind of thing you can do in like a really intimate setting yeah because you're just going to hear our actual voices and that just like ruins 
the whole thing. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, you you kind of sent me. Um, so we're gonna listen to uh, there there are ten movements in this piece, and we're gonna listen to eight of them, um, and you kind of group them together in um, in in three different groups. So we're first gonna listen to the first two movements. So the the first movement is called channeling, and the second, as you mentioned, is called reality rounds. So can you kind of yeah. tell us about each of these movements? You know what what's going on in them what are you like you you said this was kind of a uh, a ritualist uh, a rich uh, it was it was based on kind of you know being ritualistic or something so how how do these first movements kind of set the stage for for the whole piece yeah so the the channeling one it's yeah particularly kind of designed for live so so like the opening I think maybe a minute or so, is mostly just this sort of ominous synth drone. And so when we actually do a live, we um, aren't on stage. So it's mm. like this is, like maybe the, or you'd need the synth player to be there to do it, but like there's like no one on stage and it's just kind of dark. And then the kind of participants in this, like, like we come out slowly and um, then the two female voices start singing and again when we did live they 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 would, they would sort of go to the front they were sort of um i guess sitting cross-legged at the front of the stage with these sort of candles and stuff around them so um that's just sort of set the stage anyway and then, then and then it kind of builds from there and when our voices come in we're reciting these like playing cards so this this idea of this like ritual, I was just kind of mixing all kinds of things. So there's sort of ideas of like a seance and like tarot cards and stuff all like mixed into it. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, you're th- imagining like a, like a seance like situation, and they're sort of turning over these cards and and the idea of the channeling is like sort of building up this energy to try and tap into this like flow of data. This great great data flow as yeah i think i think i think that your man harari said that or something like that but anyway this idea of this like huge flow of information and they're they're sort of like trying to you know tap into this um and so it yeah it sort of builds and builds and then at the end of the first piece it, it gets into this big kind of crescendo with lots of flickering and then boom it goes into the reality rants um piece where like i was saying we were now it's like bursts of information so it's like all of this they, they finally sort of tapped into it and all this information is like flowing in and so it's like everyone's singing um different lines on, on top of each other uh-huh. um yeah so that's that's the idea okay so now we're gonna listen to these uh first two movements and again, they are uh, the movement one is channeling, movement two is reality rounds. And this is performed uh, by singers Emma O'Halloran, Annika Sokolovsky, Chris Dothit, Alex Dowling. And the synth uh, is performed by Pascal LaBeouf.
Where did the idea to use auto-tune come from? I mean, I, I, it makes me kind of think of uh, Bon Iver and what uh, Justin Vernon has been able to do with auto-tune, making it kind of kind of making it a creative tool rather than a, you know, like studio band-aid for performers who can't sing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like some of his stuff. Um, he... Yeah, I guess he does use autotune. He's a lot of like harmonizers, I think, in particular. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, on the auto, yeah, the autotune thing I have, they have like this like harmonizer version of it, which I guess is like just like you know four of the voices or something all oh, man. all happening together. Um, so that yeah, that stuff's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think like when I first started doing this stuff, I we actually didn't use autotune, which is kind of crazy when you think about it like, like so um the first versions i did we we were singing um like actual pitched stuff with like harmonizers that everyone had to connect with like kind of chorally but there was no autotune um and so it would all like just like waver a lot which was yeah. kind, of, kind of cool like really hard to do yeah um and i didn't even consider it like i i literally only I think it's because I got this pedal, this um, Voice Live. Do you know the Voice Live pedal? Um, it's yeah. it's like uh, it's by uh, T T C Helicon, um, and it's it's pretty cool because it also does guitar stuff. But um, I'd heard about this, and it, it, it's used um, for like if you want to bring in auto tune or harmonizers or uh, all kinds of. Um, vocal effects live so without any latency so i think i'd gotten that for like other reasons like for playing guitar and st and stuff uh -huh. and, and i was like oh maybe it'd be nice to have some you know delay or something on the voice and then i was just they had auto-tune and i was like oh this is kind of fun and they had like formant shifting which is pretty fun which is something i started using more actually recently um i think i was just like yeah experimenting with that pedal and then I just, and then I think I, when I came back to it a couple of years ago, um, back to this idea of this like cho electronic choral thing, it was like obvious 
to me than that, like to bring in autotune. Yeah. But actually, yeah, in a sense, it's quite recent, like on the last couple of years that I even thought of it. And now it seems like a no brainer because it's so it's so hard to do this stuff without it in a way. It like, really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we use it on ev. I think every track on this is auto-tuned so yeah uh-huh. um yeah it's so it's so hard <laughs> yeah using it on every track definitely gives that you know sense of you know humanity versus technology and you know how are these things meshing together or how is one thing taking over the other and uh yeah i mean it, it's it's just it it ends up being a, a really a really stunning sonic experience because because of that and because you know it's it's you know it's never it's never acoustic it's just it's all purely electronic and i actually think that you know sometimes i was kind of struggling to to hear you know to figure out what the when there was text to figure out what the text was because it's coming through autotune you know and and I, I, I just kind of took that as, well, yes, of course, as we, as we move through technology, our, our own humanity is going to be diminished little by little. Yeah, I remember reading some. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, this is also this whole project is kind of for my, my dissertation, like my um, mm-hmm. PhD dissertation. So I, I was also reading like papers and things on autotune which i wouldn't normally do like writing (laughs) academic papers on this stuff but i happened to be anyway and and yeah there was one pretty good one where they were i forget her name now but um anyway she was talking about how when when things are sung through autotune they take on a sadness to them Hmm. and and the reasoning her reasoning was that it 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 kind of flattens out a lot of the emotive things we put into our speech right and so even and like everything even i think uh well yes well the most obvious is pitch fluctuations are all are all flattened out and and there was there was a range of things she said but yeah it was i think she would describe them as like sad androids or something like this uh, that's kind of radio headed again yeah that's but, a, <laughs> exactly but, but like yeah something like that um and and yeah i i've yeah i've been told by a few people that this, this stuff all kind of sounds quite um yeah sad which was funny because when i was writing it i i don't really i wasn't thinking about it that way but i can hear it now like upon listening back i'm like it does uh, just have a melancholy kind of vibe to it. Well, I mean, honestly, you know, when the the so the last the last three tracks we'll listen to, um, channeling to God rays and rills, are the are the tracks where you just kind of you just kind of abandon language and it's it's more about you know just pure singing and in those tracks i kind of felt like you know what we are hearing is kind of barely human anymore but you know so it you could interpret it a couple of ways you can interpret it as the arc that 
technology is slowly replacing our humanity or or maybe rather humanity as we know it is just simply shifting to a place where technology and humanity cease to be polar opposites but but rather have merged i mean the second one is definitely a more optimistic view of things like it's just kind of accepting the fact and the first one is just kind of like oh technology is just like killing us slowly or or, or something like that <laughs> yeah 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 that's yeah that's, so that's, i mean it's always interesting interesting thought yeah i i, I think we got a hope right <laughs> right <laughs> that it's gonna right. <laughs> that it's gonna be like integrated i say it will like yeah sort of more like integrated in this whole idea of like just this runaway ai i don't know i, I read about it and, and it, it sounds really frightening but it it's a little bit hard to believe like it seems a lot more likely that it's going to be like more like integrated into into your brain and then yeah. and then it will run away but you'll kind of go with it and won't mind you know I, right that's what i imagine <laughs> Yes. I mean, there, there's kind of some like uh, some some themes from like 1984 and that or, or whatever. It's like, but anyway, um, mm. so I one other thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, because you're you know, you are, as you said, hard coding the uh, the microtones into kind of into the system. Do you often uh, write music that's that's microtonal or was this kind of an exploration in this piece because you because you had the tools to kind of do it uh, more more easily? Um, I've sort of dabbled with stuff before but I, I wouldn't have thought of myself as like a microtonal composer or anything like that um so yeah not not the first time but maybe the first time it's used so overtly yeah i i, okay. I would say um it just kind of seemed like as i was messing around it just seemed like something that had to be done because i was like you know i don't i don't think i know any microtonal autotune things I, i'm not sure i've heard anything it's like it's kind of weird that I haven't heard anything like that, right? And and you know, as I as I said when you know when we first started, when I was when I was listening to that clip on Instagram, that's I I that was a big reason why I was like, oh my god, this is this is so different than everything I've ever heard. This is amazing. I love this. You know, um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, I mean, I was thinking a little bit of like, like there's definitely some like Aphex Twin stuff where there's these kind of voice, like detuned voices, right? Something sure, yeah. in that vein, but that's it's pretty different, right? I mean, it's not it's not live and it's not it's it's kind of a different thing. But but yeah, I guess I was maybe taking a bit of inspiration from that kind of thing yeah so let's get into the next group of movements um so we're going to listen to movement three which is king of thumbs which is the one that like kind of drew me to you in the first place um (laughs) number five which is in silence in cold and number six which is vesper kind of what are the what are the stories behind each of these movements um so the king of thumbs one is kind of in the same vein as the opening, the channeling, like it's like more of these sort of cards being being listed, um, and there's a cool moment in the middle where it all 
switches and this like synth comes in and and suddenly there's all this like almost like bird song yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. And that, and that that's us whistling into autotune. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, um and uh so we that was one of the ones that just sort of came up from like a lot of the stuff came from um like the workshops like where we would just mess around so uh i found like a lot of the ideas came came from there rather than me sitting there it's very hard for me to mock up these things because i have to record every individual voice mm-hmm. um one after another so we'd, we'd get a lot of ideas done in these rehearsals and one was like oh what if we all whistled and we found that you had to whistle inwards because if you oh. whistle out you get all this it sounds right. terrible but yeah. if you whistle in um, okay i just i just tried it for the first time i didn't i didn't even realize you could whistle inwards <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. That, that's my preferred form of whistling uh i, I can actually whistle better inwards <laughs> um oh yeah we found uh yeah not everyone was able to do it but at least three of us could do it so it was like enough that we could yeah get the effect <laughs> and um yeah we've so that technique is like uh, auto-tune hard coded to like one pitch and then when you press a button it flips let's say like a fifth higher uh-huh. so it's flipping up and down a fifth as you just whistle whatever notes and so you're getting this weird kind of flickering yeah bird, okay bird like yeah. sound with like delays and stuff on it sure um so yeah, that's the kind of interesting one in there, which I think, yeah, most people don't maybe realize that we're whistling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so then... You, you also, in that movement, have some really deep bass. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Does that originate from the voice or is yeah, that a yeah. synth part? Yeah, that's me, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are you are yeah. you like pitch shifting yeah, like down an octave or something, or do you um, really have that note? I I have a pretty deep voice, actually. Oh <laughs> Surprisingly, God. like although, like it's a mixture of like, yeah, I I can hit pretty low notes, but but I'm using like a bass enhancer uh-huh. on it, so it, that's not so much a note thing though. That's more like just making it really subby, like just, yeah. just like like the frequency, like it just, you know, it's, it's not like a pit, pitching my voice down. So, right. um, so yeah, you do have to have a pretty deep voice to do the effect. But yeah, it's just got a bass enhancer and then I'm using amplitude modulation. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I can talk about that later because it's, it's in one of the other pieces as well, like much more obviously, but, but yeah, it's used there uh so that um so like i don't know if everybody knows what amplitude modulation is but you know that's it's um when the actual volume like amplitude of the sound is going um in and out and uh the cool part is that i can control that the speed of it with the the amplitude of my voice Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So the louder I do it, the higher the frequency of the the amplitude going in and out, and thus so, the faster it gets. Yeah. So you, there's a later piece um, where we do a lot of breathing, and it's really it's more obvious there. 
So you, you mm-hmm. get this sort of sound that goes like, shh, 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 and, and it would speed up to like, shh, shh, as, you, as you breathe in more loudly. And, yeah. then, and then when you get softer, it goes, shh, 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 shh. So, so that, yeah. it's this, yeah, it's quite a strange sounding effect. Um, but when it's combined in this way with the low voice and the bass enhancer, you just get this like growl mm-hmm. kind of sound. So it, it doesn't, yeah, it sounds like it could be a synth or, or something. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, um, it, it, it almost brings to mind like kind of, you know, dubstep growl or, yeah, or, or yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. It just has that kind of like, when, when, when it drops, oh man, does it drop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you have to kind of like cup the mic, you know, like beatboxer style yeah, to get more of the... Um, what do they call that? The proximity effect. Yeah, the, right. Yeah, so you get all that bass. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the in uh, the sixth movement, Vesper. Yeah. Is is this is this a solo? Yeah. With yeah, and then like pitch shifted and pitch altered versions of what's being sung originally. Yeah. So she's, in in a delay. Yeah. So it's, she's singing, and there's a a harmonized version of her voice a fourth lower on a delay so so then it's it's like she's just in counterpoint with herself so um so she's singing a note and like you know a second later the 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 same her same voice comes back but but a fourth lower it actually cascades downwards so i think there's like another again Mm -hmm. a fourth lower than that um but much quieter so it's it's not because it gets very hard to write for it. I, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of pitches to deal with. Yeah, so so it took a bit of experimenting, but um, but basically, yeah, it's probably yeah, it's probably not obvious on a recording. You would just presume there's like a second person singing with her, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's all all one person. <laughs> well, let's listen to this uh, this next group of movements. So we're gonna hear. Uh, the third movement, King of Thumbs, the fifth movement, In Silence, In Cold, and the sixth movement, Vesper. King, 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 thumbs, 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 king, 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 thumbs, 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 king, 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 Uh-huh. 
as I said before, the the you know the last and and I I uh, haven't heard your uh, movement nine, but I I kind of assume it's in the same vein as these last three movements we're gonna hear. So we're gonna hear movement seven, which is channeling two, number eight, which is God rays, and number ten, which is rills. And as I said before, it really seems like you're kind of uh, eliminating all uh, all language at this point. Is this is is this kind of the the arc we're we're getting where you know kind of slowly all the all the things that we recognize as human you know being the the voice language all of these things are kind of being slowly taken away over the course of the piece. Yeah, I like I like that concept. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'll add that into the program. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when I was writing it, things were like shuffled around all the time. So sure, I I definitely wasn't like this is some message or something to to be sent out from this. But uh, right. I, I yeah I like that it, it kind of ended up that way yeah it kind of yeah. feels like that um, yeah certainly by the last yeah the last one the rills with these waves it it just yeah it feels like we've gone so far from um, language or or even hearing the voice clearly it's just yeah know. I mean rills in particular really it it could have just as easily been you know, uh, an arpeggiating synthesizer or something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you know, it, th- there's almost there's there's very little information to tell us that there, that people are actually singing. I, I mean, if we're just uh. listening to it, obviously, if we're in a live situation, we see the people on stage, we know where the sound is coming from, but uh, but just listening yeah. to it, it, it really sounds like you know we've the human voice has just been turned into a synthesizer with all these kind of like bubbly effects and uh you know these upward uh upward gestures yeah it's a it's a fun one to do live as well because we you start this it's like a wave but like i start it like bass and then it goes like tenor altismeric like staggered entrance Mm -hmm. but then we're also panned across so you can get this kind of like wave that sort of sweeps across um like we we did uh i did this for a theater show um called uh there um mm-hmm. it was in, yep. in in philadelphia for the, the fringe festival um and we ended up i th- we did a little bit of in the end we, we i think we were intended to do more but uh it just kind of got cut for other reasons but i, I thought it was really cool anyway it was like we were we were up in the we were up in the balconies, like um, surrounding the audience, and then we did some of this uh, this wave thing, like the like the last one, um, yeah, rails where I would start, and then it would sort of sweep literally three sixty around the audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing is is really cool. That's something I'd like to do, kind of more of. You, you, I don't think you really you're not going to get that in a on the record like this just with headphones but um yeah. but in a live space you you can you can do a lot with space um on a, on a track like that yeah yeah absolutely with the with those kinds of manipulations like what is 
what is written kind of on the page you know it's <laughs> like yeah. it seems like because they are like i said so inhuman and so kind of arpeggiated like what are what are you singing to to get that into the into the processing well well first of all for notation stuff i i'm a big fan of no notation so that's oh. why i always i always lean towards like if we can like in the videos of the thing like we i kind of encourage the guys like like the day beforehand to just like try and memorize what they could because uh-huh. we had we had been using stuff and and so a lot of the, uh, the stuff on the filming is you can see that we're not looking at any at anything you know um yeah so that, that's the way it's meant to be like a, like a theatrical performance um but uh certainly for rehearsing or if there's a lot of words and stuff we need some some stuff but i try to keep it to like a page or something if i can if mm-hmm. i can help it so like that one the last one reels is just one page um and i i try to figure out ways to make the notation as small as possible like i think we we did it there last month and i think i had it down to like two lines written just like in pencil on a mm-hmm. tiny piece of paper because you don't you don't really need it you know um so yeah so anyway my preference is like no no notation if possible um and then for for that one we usually you have to try and kind of hit your pitch because you'll find with autotune if it might it might kind of force you to a pitch uh-huh. but the, the timbre will change a lot like if you sing yeah. way off it it won't now maybe you want that like that can be cool as well but if you just want it to sound normal it's it, it won't like it'll sound pretty bad um if your goal is like a kind of a clear mm-hmm. sound um but for this one it's yeah it's so abstract i literally we, we just say like the first wave sing low second wave sing medium third wave sing high like <laughs> like in your register yeah and like inevitably you kind of end up on the note you know because you're just you're hearing it all and you're, you're not going to sing something completely out of tune with it right but you're not you're not like sp- i think i think it's like in b or something like you're not like necessarily hitting exactly the b sure but it, but yeah. it doesn't matter you know it's a, yeah so yes some of them are like more much more precise and then some of them like that are just like f- like almost anybody could probably do it you know? right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so uh so let's let's hear these uh the last three movements we're gonna hear so uh this is movement seven channeling two movement eight god rays and movement 10 rills
come to the last question that I always ask all the composers or artists or performers who come on the podcast. How did you uh, find music as something that you wanted to pursue for your, your whole life? I started in music with guitar, like went back as a teenager. And so uh, I guess that was the main way, just like playing guitar, getting really into that. Then I, I wanted to record guitar got a cracked copy of Cakewalk. Oh, you know, yeah, you know there the it is, right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from my guitar teacher. Yeah. I uh, had no idea how to use it, but attempted to record things. I think I, I think I recorded, one of the first things I did was, like, I sampled, uh, there was this, like, P. Diddy track, or, like, I think it was called mm-hmm. Puff Daddy back then, uh, yeah. called, like, Come With Me. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that one? Yeah, for, that's that's for the, the one Godzilla that, soundtrack or something. Totally, and that's that's the one that uses uh, Led the Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that's um, the that's the funny part because I sampled that and I was like, oh, I got a sweet Puff Daddy sample, not realizing that that was a sample <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of Led Zeppelin. So it was like the third in the line. So yeah, I would just like sample stuff and like riff guitar over it and. All that kind of stuff. So I guess that was like the start of it. Um, and then, yeah, it's been kind of, it's been a long and weird journey since then. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, yeah. It's hard yeah. to pin, pinpoint like one specific thing or anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it kind of came through guitar and like songwriting. That's like awesome. my main stuff. So uh, before we go, can you, uh, first of all, tell people where they can get uh, your album, Reality Rounds? Yeah, um, so you can get it on all the streaming sites and you can get it on my Bandcamp or I guess if you go to Carrier Records, it's the the label it's on, so um, their Bandcamp. And um, yeah, I think... That's the main ways, and then there's there's uh, YouTube videos with that have the actual because like it's it's sort of, I mean, definitely get the album, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's actually meant the to album. be like yeah yeah yeah. I'm not, not saying don't, but like also it's good to uh, see the videos because that's kind of how it's meant. Like it's sort of part part visual as as well. Yeah yeah. So they're all up on on YouTube. 
Awesome. And then, you know, if people want to find more of your music, you know, where can they go to get that? If people want to connect with you on like social media, where can they go to do that? Um, yeah, uh, my website's alex-dowling.com and, um, and I'm on Instagram, not on Twitter, but uh, I'm on Instagram and, uh, you know, Facebook and all that. Yeah. Just my, just my name, just Alex Dowling. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, Alex. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music, or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.